book of Galatians chapter 5 tonight. The book of Galatians chapter 5. Um, I was reading a story uh, that came out uh, in a newspaper. This was back in 2000, 2002. Uh, and in this story, it was the story of one of those dear Abbeys. And uh, this lady was writing to, uh, to a newspaper a journalist, or rather to a person who's known as Abby. And uh, obviously, as most of you are aware, that they have these uh, done in those days. And so she began to share with Abby concerning uh, something that triggered and began to inspire me to add it into the sermon tonight. She said, when I was growing up, my mother and other ladies in our church were extremely polite to each other. However, when one of them wasn't present, the others would talk behind her back. I don't know whether it hurt the people who were the butt of gossip, but I know it harmed me and the children who were listening. Their behavior, their behavior taught me not to trust anyone. That when I grew up, when someone complimented me, I didn't believe it. So I never developed self-confidence. I had trouble making friends with other girls because I was afraid to open up and reveal my feelings for fear that whatever I said would become grist for the gossip mill. And after a year of therapy, I finally found myself in a place of self-confidence, but my sisters haven't been so lucky. Both are married to abusive men. Now you see, the, the problem we find uh, that often goes neglected and ignored is on the subject of character. See, the Christian life isn't only about forgiveness. In fact, we often assume that I am a Christian simply because I have seeked God and I've asked God for forgiveness. But I declare to you that being a Christian also involves a changing of character. Christianity as we know it is holistic. It involves life in its entirety. Salvation, beloved, is only the beginning. And what we seem to see taking place around us today is a culture of Christians that believe they have been forgiven, yet their character does not bear witness that Christ lives in them. We were just talking about a woman who gossips in church, that to your face she's polite, to your face she is a nice person, to your face, she speaks respectfully, but when you turned around and walked away, she stabbed you on the back. This is a character that should never be found in the church. This is a character that should never be uh, uh, condoned in the church, neither in a Christian who calls themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. You see, Christianity, as I've been building my case over the past several weeks, is an ongoing process. We as believers are being sanctified to be Christ-like. In Galatians 5, 22 to 25, in that passage of Scripture, uh, you are going to find 
a powerful re uh, reality, an evidence of what it means to have the Holy Spirit, the presence of God residing in your heart. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5, 22 to, 20, uh, 22 to 25, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have been crucified, have, have crucified the flesh. Notice that. Those who are Christ. In other words, those who call themselves followers of Jesus. Those who call themselves presumably Christians have crucified the flesh. That means you ought not to behave like that with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. I want to talk to you tonight from this very verse about a person's character because we know that a person's character is as vital as his relationship with God. And often the character of a person is dismissed when spiritual things are emphasized. We talk about a person who prays and, you know, oftentimes we begin to emphasize, wow, that person is a prayer warrior. That person can pray with such dominion and authority. That person has such a way of conversing and reaching out to people and sharing the gospel with people and so on and so forth. The only problem is many a times we emphasize so much on the spiritual things that we fail to observe the character that is behind that individual. Now I'm challenging you, as I've been challenging you over the past several weeks, both are equally important. You've got to be developing your life spiritually and character characteristically. You have to represent Jesus Christ. And these are both equal and important. And if you say you're a Christian but have no fruits, to prove your Christianity, then we have to ask ourselves the question, how can I call myself a Christian? D.L. Moody said it this way. He said, joy is love exalted. Peace is love in response. Long-suffering is love enduring. Gentleness is love in society. Goodness is love in action. Faith is love on the battlefield. Meekness is love in school. And temperance is love in training. Now, I like, the, I like what he said because I think it clearly describes the very essence of what God wants for us to become as Christians. And so tonight, let's delve into the subject of long-suffering. Maturity produces patience. Show me an immature person and I'll show you an impatient person. 
Long-suffering is the byproduct of a person who practices patience. You know, when you change light bulbs, every light bulb has what is known as a life expectancy. And oftentimes, we buy these LED bulbs and on the box, it's usually stated 20,000 hours or 5,000 hours or 10,000 hours. And you've got different brands that carry different uh, life expectancy. But you and I know that as much as we have used light bulbs, it has never lasted that long. For the most part, you can fix a light bulb and to our utter surprise, even if it lasts more than two years, it will already have shocked us. But we know that most light bulbs blow too soon. And that is the reality that we have to establish here, that in our life and in our walk with God, how many know, beloved, we can erupt too soon? Just like a light bulb that it's just been changed. You can buy a bulb, you can fix the bulb, and it can erupt, it can blow per se, too soon. And with that picture in mind, I want to talk to you about being long-suffering and the character that God expects from us. Because we see in our text that God indeed is expecting for a Christian who walks in the Spirit to be a person that carries with them the character of long-suffering or in a different term, patience in practice. It is necessary for Christians to develop the Spirit because the Spirit that equips us, this is a Spirit that equips us from responding this is a spirit that equips us from responding without an outburst of wrath or even irrationally. It helps us to stay away from blowing up and having an outburst of wrath. And now, now, I want you to look with me at a few scriptures and then I want to establish my point. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Romans chapter 2, verses 4, Do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Exodus 34, verses 6 through 7, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, and the children's children to the third and the fourth, generation. So these three verses reveal one thing to us, that our God is a God of long-suffering. That it is indeed God's character to be a God who is long-suffering and patient with humanity. 
and He lavishes on us despite of our flaws, despite of all the weaknesses that we have. He is lavishing His long-suffering on us and His patience upon us. He is able to judge us, if you understand. Yet in His grace and in His mercy, He withholds judgment because He is long-suffering. You see, it takes grace to diffuse long-suffering. God calls us tonight to be a people of patience. This doesn't mean we don't get angry or upset, but rather we choose to get angry and upset in the right way. And this is what is so potent and important. Listen to this. Some translation uses the word patience in this passage. Instead of saying long-suffering, some translation says or uses the word patience. While other translations, as we read in our passage, uses the word long-suffering. Both words are associated with endurance. But the word long-suffering in the Greek simply means makrotumeia. Makro meaning large or long, while the root word, Uh, while the root word of tumos means temper. So when you convert this word long-suffering, it simply means long-tempered, which is the opposite of short-tempered. So think with me. This is what God expects Christians to have, that Christians would be long-tempered, that we will not blow up at every flaw that we see in people. Listen, before we do that, beloved, have we forgotten the grace that He lavished on us? We scream and shout or jump and yell at others like we are perfect. But the point is, if we are behaving in that way as Christians, if we are so temperamental and having an outburst and we are rude to people because we are upset with the way they do things. Beloved, I question if Christ really lives in you. See, it's not easy being a Christian. The world will never, the most mega churches, most churches, I will honestly tell you, will not deal with this character. Because they don't want to offend people. But I will tell you what the word long-suffering is. Simply means being long-tempered. To become long-suffering. One man once said, to become long-suffering, one has to be long-bordered. That's so profound. What it means is that means unless you face a continual sense of bordering, bordering and bordering and bordering, you will never ever qualify or even uh, 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 graduate from the school of becoming a person with long-suffering. You know why everything irritates you? You know why everything agitates you? Because God is trying to teach you to be long-suffering. God is teaching you. That's why he bothers you. Because that's the only way you will ever become a person that will not snap and have an outburst of wrath. I've pastored long enough. I've seen this so many times, beloved. 
And as believers, it is important we strive to be slow to anger. I see often people, just because someone makes a mistake, they scream and shout at them. They treat them like they are a piece of dirt. This ought not to be so. Galatians 4.19 My little children from whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Paul is saying Christ is formed in you. Christ is formed in you. It is Paul's desire that Christ becomes birth, that is birth in you. And beloved, I declare to you, this is what we are called to do. We are called to examine our hearts, to identify if truly Christ lives in us. No longer I who live, the Bible says, but Christ who lives in me. The attribute that signifies Christ living in us is that we are becoming more and more patient and less aggressive, less defensive, less temperamental. This is what long-suffering means. It means becoming long-tempered, not short-tempered. You know, you can't just get offended with someone and just blow up. You know, someone gets in your way and blah, 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 and you scream. And, Listen, that's not Christ-like. It's not being Christ-like. And then we come to church and we pray. You see, we must be a people of grace. We must respond with grace. When long-suffering is absent, when we don't have this spirit in us, that's when we look at people and the only thing we emphasize is their flaws. Ah, these people cannot serve God. Ah, these people cannot do this, cannot do that. These people never want to do right. These people never want to live for God. These people, and all you ever do is complain about other people. There's no long-suffering in that. The Christ that resides in us begins to develop in us a strength to mentally process what we are facing and help us to respond with patience. That means every time I see someone's flaw, every time I see something not right, I make the decision internally to say, I am going to be a person of patience and I will respond with compassion. This is important. There's a story about a bishop of the South Pacific. His name was John Sylvan. He had a one time, he had one time been recognized for his boxing skill. Touched by the Holy Spirit, he later became an outstanding missionary. He went on an island and he began to preach there. And one day there was a story that came out about him in the magazine that reports a day when he gave a stern warning but loving rebuke to a man who regularly attended the local church. The disorderly one resented the advice and angrily struck Brother Selvin. A violent blow in the face with his clenched fist. In return, the missionary merely folded his arms and humbly looked into the man's blazing eyes 
And with his boxing skill and powerful rippling muscle, he could have easily knocked out his antagonist. Instead, he turned the other cheek, waited calmly to be hit a second time. This was too much for the assailant, who became greatly ashamed and fled into the jungle. Years afterwards, the man accepted the Lord as his saviour and gave his testimony before the church. It was customary at that time for a believer to choose a Christian name for himself. When he was asked if he wished to follow his dispractice, he replied without hesitation, Yes, call me John Sylvan. He's the one who taught me what Jesus Christ is really like. This brought real joy to the missionary's heart, for he saw that heeding the Saviour's admonition to suffer wrongfully for his sake had resulted in making his witness effective. So think with me. How many times do we see the absence of this in the church? How many times we see Christians blow up, speak crazy, slander other people, talk big, like we have it all together. Where's our humility? See, long-suffering is being able to withhold yourself even though you have all of that in you. That's what being long-suffering is. Romans chapter 5, 3 to 4, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character, character, hope. See, being able, beloved, secondly then, not only are we referring to being long-suffering as coming to a place where we can tolerate and respond with maturity and compassion, but it's also necessary that we realize that we must be able to suffer long. The Bible says we glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Being able to suffer for long and yet maintaining a right spirit and a right attitude, delaying gratification is a picture of being long-suffering. I've seen people who go through problems in life, the first thing they do is they complain. Amen. The first thing they do is they blame their husband or their wife. The first thing they do, they have to point finger at someone for their own problems. They never want to take responsibility. The Bible says when you are long-suffering, that means you can go through things in life. You can face, and these seasons that God allows you to face begins to mold and shape your life, begins to uh, make you who God wants you to be. See, I'm, I'm preaching this. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm a, uh, years ago, if you told me, I was an extremely impatient people, person. I'll fight with people. I'll argue with people. I always thought I was right. God had to humble me. God had to break me. God had to do a work in my heart. 
There were times where, you know, I would begin to just, you know, and I knew I was right. I knew that it was legally acceptable. I knew that by law I had right away and I would begin to argue my way and my tone and the way I spoke began to stir up arguments and fight. And I thought that, you know what, there's nothing wrong with that. God had to teach me. God had to break me, take me through seasons. Then I realized, as I began to minister longer, I realized this, beloved. I realized that every person that has a flaw has a flaw because of something they've gone through in life. And when you snap at them, when you begin to jump at them, when you begin to treat them with disrespect and dishonor, listen, you are a person with no maturity to understand. They've gone through things in life. You need to show them grace. And this is what it means, beloved. God uses different seasons in my life. Time and time to teach me to better appreciate people and to be more understanding. When we begin to look at suffering, beloved, when we see suffering, when we see the pain, the agony, the struggles that we go through in life, we begin to view it as long and hard. But in those moments, we are having to choose to trust God. Enable us to keep ourselves composed. We have to choose that. It's becoming spirit-led that produces this virtue in us. When the Holy Spirit and the presence of God resides in us, this becomes evident. That when you go through the season, what do we do? Do we unnecessarily speak words? Do we unnecessarily spew words? Do we let our mouths run? I hear a lot of stuff, beloved. Sometimes arrogance, pride, the moment we hear someone's downfall, eh, that fella, yeah, he deserves it. Come on. And I think God teaches us lessons sometimes by taking, through us, taking us through the hardships of life, by allowing us to face those hardships. The virtue of long-suffering will be the, be the mark of every believer. If you're going to survive Christianity, you're going to have to come to a place where you can develop and become a person who carries the virtue of long-suffering. It's very hard to trust a person. God will never trust a person with more who lacks long-suffering. Notice with me in Matthew 24, 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Matthew 10, 22, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Mark 13, 13, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. See, exercising long-suffering will enable us to remain faithful until the end. In the time of the great falling away, which we truly are in the season of right now. And I believe this is a season that we're living in. We need to have long suffering to survive the season of time and to help us stay, keep our hearts right. Bow your heads with me tonight.
you're following us online and heard this message tonight, you know that God is dealing with your heart.